a star for me. I think it's your destiny. On the big screen for me. That's a show I like to see. I can be a groovy C. If you just play for me. I watch you on the TV screen. Come on, let me make you famous, 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 famous. Welcome back to another edition of The Fame Addict. I am Crystal Jordan, your host. And I have here in the studio with me, of course, my producer, BJ. Are you saying hello today? No. <laughs> But anyway, today I have a, it's a very special show because I have an amazing guest co-host that's sitting here next to me. He is absolutely stunning. He's six foot seven inches, right? That's right. Okay, it's Christopher. And I'm going to let you talk a little bit about yourself. So just a little quick intro. Um, I am, um, my name is Christopher Mackin. I'm a beauty expert by trade, um, television personality sometimes, and I mean, depending on if I'm getting paid lately, a hooker. But uh, <laughs> uh, no, I, I like to, the best way to describe me for people who don't have a visual of me is mm-hmm. that I'm a six foot seven man with a voice like Barry White wearing more makeup than Tammy Faye Baker. You, your voice is very deep. Now I'm listening to it. Even just like listening right now, it's very, it's very sexy. Is it doing something to you? It really, I mean, I, I think it may be. It's very, it's a very <laughs> sexy voice. Like, have you always sounded like that? I did. I, I've always, you know, I was like ten and a half pounds at birth, two feet long. Oh God! And then, and then I was short and fat the majority of my when I was a kid. Well, not really short. I was just a, I was just a big kid. Right. And so when a I lot walk was up, happening. Yeah. So I'd walk up to my mother and say, "Mama." <laughs> Even like I, ne- my voice never cracked. I always had a very deep voice. Oh my God, that's weird. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's it. I'm actually glad to be here today. And when you were telling me about the concept of the show, I thought, this sounds like something that I would actually listen to. Mm-hmm. And then you asked me if I would come on and, and yes, be a guest. Me. And I, I went, yes. uh, hell yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what we talk about? Obviously, we talk about pop culture. And I know you talk a lot about pop culture. We share some... Some views the same, and some, of course, are opposing. But I think I think I saw something on your YouTube channel about the Kardashians. We we won't get into that right now, but but yeah, we'll we'll revisit that maybe another show, another yeah. time. But um, but today we are going to have to because we've been talking about pop culture as it relates to celebrity and fame and people's obsession um, right now with that. <clears throat> but we have to talk about the presidential. Oh my election. God. We we have to. We it's have a to. Shit show. We simply have to because I just feel like if things keep going at this speed and no one, there's no voice of reason that is saying like, what the hell is going on? No. You know. At all. And I guess the the part that really bothers me the most is um, because I I I mean I am able to speak to both sides of most everything. So I'm okay. a Libra. I, I triangulate oh, I everything. High five on yeah, the Libra. Libra. Yeah. That's, that's the best. Um, so I really am able to kind of triangulate everything. And I, you know, I told you, I've I've been a Trump fan since I was very young. Right, right. You know, a young business person. I read every one of his books. Mm-hmm. I thought he was an amazing brand man. And then when he started running for president, I was like, <laughs> this is a joke. Right, really right. Um, I have my conspiracy theories on all that. And I'm not really a conspiracy theorist, but uh, in which we can definitely get into. But this this will be the first presidential election that I just cannot vote. 
well, Republican. But she, <laughs> but it's weird because I think the majority of people that I've that I've talked to, and I talk to a diverse group of people, are voting out of they're either voting out of fear, uh-huh. or they're voting or they're not voting. They've decided not to vote. Um, but the ones that are voting, it's kind of like you hear the lesser of two evils at every in every conversation, you sure. know. And I think that's just. I don't know how we got here. Hopefully we can talk a little bit about that tonight. Like I was the same as you when I heard that Trump was running. I thought this is another publicity stunt for Donald Trump. We know that he's I really good. I still think it is. It, it, I, I agree. I agree. But I never thought that it would get this far. Because I don't you think, think he thought he would get this far. I don't either. But but the joke was on us sure. and him. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you had the, I, I think that we live in a country that, um, Number one, we have a lot of tension that's going on right. anyway, uh, and and you, and that's that's shown in the media world. I mean, you know, uh, you know, there's celebrities have to be more sensitive to things that they mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I I have to make sure that even as a beauty expert, when I'm on national television, that we don't that we make sure that our models are evenly. You well, you're know, doing that because you 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 want to be sensitive, but I don't think sure. that I think that. Today is is weird because we have like probably the most politically correct. We're in the probably the most politi- politically correct time, but we also are in a time where people can make brash decisions not to uphold that. You know, so oh, completely. So there are people that decide not to do that, and I think what's scary to me is with all this happening, especially over the last year with the police brutality and different things that we see in the media for inequality. We have Donald Trump who comes out and makes very crass statements, both racially and. And, you know, gender-wise, and there is still— And even suggests that people assassinate the other candidate. I mean, even to make that—even to even allude to that is just mind-boggling to me. But even more so, you know, I, w- I like to pose this question to everybody. If Donald Trump—I'm sorry, if President Obama—and, you know, I didn't vote for him. Okay. Not once, okay. but twice. I didn't vote for him twice. <laughs> you didn't like it two times. Well, I mean, I like him. I don't have a problem with him. I just, you know, one of his policies just didn't really work for me. And that's why I didn't vote for him. When, right. And that's why, that's the way people that's should why, vote. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's why we should choose who we vote for based, based on, on what their platforms, what their policies are. Sure. And that's not what's happening. But the, but the Obamas have been held to a totally different standard, I believe. And again, this is coming from someone who didn't vote for him. You mean to tell me that if Obama was running again today, and this was his race mm-hmm. and he had five children by three different women that he would have even made it this far or better yet if michelle had posed for playboy posed for playboy are you kidding they right. got mad at her shoulders right which are great by the way i love her shoulders <laughs> she I, you know what it's it, it's refreshing to me as a black woman that you as a white man make that statement totally but it's because true it's and anybody who denies that is blind and they're literally they're trying to make i had somebody on facebook literally a straight white woman mm-hmm. a mother of three daughters from milledgeville georgia which my that's my hometown and i love my hometown props to, to small town milledgeville right. i love you but actually try to tell me about why i as a gay man should not be concerned that mike pence is so vehemently against gay marriage and i'm wow. like you don't have a dog in this fight, woman. Like, right, right. <laughs> but guess what? Those are the same people who will talk so badly about Michelle, mm-hmm. who I think has been the most approachable female. Because let's face it, our first family, they are celebrities right. in their own right. They're right. not sure. They are, you know, the, the president is running the free world. And when I, yes, I did, again, I didn't vote for him. But once he's elected, he is my president. That's 
that I owe him respect for well, that. Well, you definitely don't think like the majority of the American voters because most people, you know, at every at every turn that Obama made, and I did vote for him twice. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't agree with everything, but I don't think there's a politician out there that you would agree with everything. I think there's a no. lot that we don't, you know, that we don't know, but I support him. I think he's done a great job. But I think there are a lot of people that are constantly looking for ways to flip it and, 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 and demonize and villainize, you know, the president. And I do think a lot of that has been because... He's been the most squeaky clean politician I think we've ever seen. I don't even think he's a smoker, but that's about that's, it. But but not even well. We he did he did smoke the marijuana and also his daughter good was for him. Good for <laughs> smoking him. marijuana. But other than that, good for them. Seriously, other than that, and that that's a debate either way. But other than that, we have seen there's been no women come out of the closet. There have been no um, underhanded. Watch uh, that coming out of the closet thing now. I'm very sensitive to that. <laughs> You're supposed to be, you need to be politically correct. Politically, I was not politically. How can we, how can we say side chick? Because I did, uh, on, on the show, we did talk about the fact that side chicks are the new wives. Like, that's a really cool thing to be. Apparently, now. I mean, there was a time that I was like, this cell phone bill is getting a little expensive. I need to be a side chick. <laughs> like, you know. But seriously, Obama, your 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 point is absolutely correct. He's been absolute, has done everything, um, carried himself extremely well. His family has been exemplary, and yet we have people that are rooting against him and are actually supporting. I actually saw a picture online of a woman that had a shirt and her it was painted and it said Trump. You can grab this, and it was an arrow pointing down because you know he made the comment. Oh no! Oh yes, yes. I mean, it's amazing what people will allow. She wanted well, him to grab her meow wanted- meow kitty. <laughs> she well, I think it was like, I guess it was some type of weird support for him. I, uh, but it's amazing what what people will get behind. The man and rally literally behind. has uh, he, uh, you know, and I don't want to make you know I, for any of your listeners out there, I don't want to make this a whole you know. Um, I'm with her campaign right, of a right. show. I, we definitely are not doing that. Yeah, no, that's not that's not the point of this at all. And actually, in all actuality, I'm not that huge of a Clinton fan either. So right. you know, again, right. that's that Libra triangulation that we talked about earlier. But um, you know, it, it does worry me that we have gotten to a society where it is so easy for a woman to um, say, "Oh, yes, I, I have daughters." I'm a woman mm-hmm. and I support Donald Trump. But let's go to, you know, we were just talking about Michelle Obama. Let's go to another statement that she made. Mm-hmm. Because she did say that uh, Trump was the worst role model right. for young women. Right. But then she also said Beyonce was a good role model for young women. And Beyonce gyrates around and does songs called Surfboard. Well, the song is is called grinding Drunk in on love. that wood, grinding <laughs> on that wood. It's called Drunk in Love, I, but but I, see, I I think that's fine. I think it's perfectly fine. I think that Beyonce was ta- is in the song. She's she's talking about what she does with her husband. I don't. I think that celebrities are especially. Depending on what they do, Beyonce is a singer. She's an entertainer, and I think she's amazing at it. She's I'm an amazing not entertainer. Questioning that I, at all. I do think that she's a great role model because I think that she, her entire message, has been feminism and empowerment for women. And I'm a hundred percent behind you. All I'm saying is with that triangulation part of it, right, because you right. do have they're they're both Michelle and you know they're both popular women, right, in right. pop culture, right, right? no right. matter how you break it down, right. The first lady of the United States, Michelle Obama, right now has been a fashion trendsetter. She, she has. has. She has been, um, I 
you cannot tell me fitness for children has got to be up. Childhood it's got to be. Yeah. I don't know that for sure. No, I, I agree. I agree. Now, I'm going to throw you off here because Kanye West said oh, God. that Kim Kardashian was was so much, was, she was the most influential woman on the planet. She was far more influential than a Michelle Obama. So you may want to throw Kim in. You know what? <laughs> she was because that video of her and Ray J, I mean, I still get chills. <laughs> you, took it back, you took it back to the, the well, introduction yeah. of Kim Kardashian. Again, I think that we, the problem with this election is mm-hmm. we have somehow blurred the lines between politics and pop culture and, and the people that we are entertained by. Agreed. That's Agreed. really the problem here is we, you know, when we start, when we start blurring those lines between this person is making my policy mm-hmm. and this person is providing me with entertainment. entertainment. Mm-hmm. I don't want a housewife right. in the White House either. Right. Because guess what? I find them to be silly. <laughs> They're fun to watch. And I like I know some of them personally, as right. you as do you. Right. But I there it's all for entertainment. They right. all they all sit down and they figure if it wasn't entertaining, they wouldn't be doing it. That doing doesn't it. mean they make good choices. But I think we are we're in a we are in a society where reality TV has become everything is a reality television. But is it real? But I'm, I think it is. I mean, we have. I have a friend of mine who told me, I, Crystal, I do not want to go to a doctor that is on reality television. I don't want to think that my OBGYN or my eye doctor is pandering for a camera. I want their focus to be on your kitty cat. Taking care exactly. <laughs> exactly. And there are all types of things that 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 the kitty cat needs that we need the doctor to be in tune with. But it's it, every single aspect of life at this point has become a piece of reality pop culture, it's if true. you will. So I think for us to try to separate it now, I mean, obviously we're we've gone down a slippery slope and now we're here. But I would almost say, and we talked a little bit about this offline, that once we started using celebrity influence to influ- to to filter mm-hmm. over and influence, um, you know, what was we, we started using celebrities and their influence to influence political decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, I can be, you know, Obama definitely owes a lot of his support to Oprah Winfrey. She took uh, it on and, and basically was his campaign manager, you know, especially for that first race. And even with the Rock the Vote, with Diddy and different celebrities have been very vocal and also I think really motivated the younger generation to get up and actually go out and vote. So really this has been going on before Donald Trump got here. I think all this has been working to prime the 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 soil so that now we're ready to actually just have a reality TV star as president. Well, before all of that happened, and this again, this is just my opinion. I'm I, I mean, you know, I, everything that I've achieved up to this point has been with no college, formal college education, and I'm a high school dropout. <laughs> Got my good enough diploma, <laughs> GED. So everything that I'm, all of my opinions are truly formed off of my life lessons right. and me as a business owner of mm-hmm. multi, owning multiple businesses. And as a person who is in somewhat in the public eye. Right. So um, I think that we have a breakdown of our news and media system. We no longer have a bro call that we really trust. Right. You know, I'm CNN, Clinton News Network, Mm -hmm. Fox News. I mean, you're conservatives. So who do you go to to find true actual news? And then you you go, oh, but you can get your news from your social media. But now it's all pay to play. So, you know, the news sources are putting what they want in front of you. And now you have to go over to, um, what's it called, and and um, and type in to see if it's even real. Right, right. right. So, you know, and, and then there's other people who, they go, 
oh my God, Michelle Obama is growing pot in the flower garden <laughs> of the White House. Get them out of there. You know, right, and, and, right. So, and you go, really? I mean, who really believes that? But some people some believe people this stuff. People believe what they, it's almost like if they see it. And now it's not even with um, with social media. I don't even think people are looking to actual news sources. They're looking to um, blurbs and tweets and memes on a Instagram. Meme. Oh a meme is, is basically everything that I've seen as far as uh, Donald Trump and Hillary has been converted to a comical meme. And that's what people are pulling I their- I actually their had action. a family member that you that quoted <laughs> a meme to me, not knowing that I'd seen the exact same one. Uh-oh. Uh, quoted a meme to me and said, I saw online where- Hillary was pandering to the black voters, and that's just wrong. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, well, she should talk about policy, not that she has hot, hot sauce, sauce in, in her, her bag. bag. And I said, wait a minute. <laughs> I have hot, I carry hot sauce with me wherever I go. <laughs> I, you know what? It's funny. I might I, be a little black on the inside, though. I saw her do that, and I was disgusted. I'm not really, going to lie. Really, I, I want to hear more about this. No, I want to know went why. On, she went on The Breakfast Club and which to me, I don't want to hear Hillary Clinton on The Breakfast Club. I understand that there are young voters the there show, so. that she wants to reach, but it was so out of her element, it was uh-huh. awkward as hell, okay? Uh-huh. So then they ask her, they do this segment where they ask everyone what they have in their purse, and it was probably staged because she's trying to connect with that voter. What if she and really does like hot sauce, though? I don't, okay, but the formation song, Beyonce, because how would you even know to use that verse? I mean, Did it was, she say swag? I think she might. Oh I'm not going to lie. I'm not gonna lie. She probably didn't say I, swag. I don't. No, but she did say she had hot sauce in her bag. And she, and I've seen Hillary do that as an African-American female and to the point where I feel like it's over the top. Really? Okay. Yeah, I can say that. And I'm not, I don't know what I'm doing at this moment. Like I'm probably not, I, I, I feel embarrassed to say I'm probably not going to vote, but I just don't feel comfortable. And I don't feel like making decisions out of fear is ever a smart thing it's to do. It's never a smart thing. But no, I, I've seen Hillary do things that to me are direct um, it's a direct pander to a certain community that she doesn't connect with at all. And I think people are, it, it's like, if you want to tell me something, just tell me. Mm-hmm. Don't speak to me like in this homegirl way and because it almost insults our intelligence. It's like, well, you know. There's it, just certain things white people shouldn't say. Like I, ever, agree. I don't need to make, we, I want to make a list <laughs> that says homie is one of them. Like you well, just I don't can't, there's a certain. people say homie anymore. They I don't? think homie is gone. Oh yeah, I think See, I don't know. That's a, a prime example of certain <laughs> things we should just should not say because it just doesn't sound right. It sounds awkward. I don't think anything that Beyonce is saying outside, because Beyonce's music and Beyonce's persona are two very different things. The song was very controversial. It just was too much. It was, it was, and I don't know if she has a, a campaign manager or her, 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 her uh, media consultant they should have advised her differently. So you know with that song, actually with that song, since, mm-hmm. since you know, that, that song and the music video that right. came along with it Absolutely. was very politically charged. Very much. Um, it, it really, um, I'll just say, turned a light a little brighter onto an issue that everyone was becoming either more aware of or noticing for the first time. Believe right. it or not, I do think that there are people who were who noticed for the first time. I agree. I agree. So, And it, in the beginning, I did not like the song, mm-hmm. and I was horrified by the video. <laughs> and then when I, now I love it. Okay, okay. It, had, it, like, it grew on it, you. It really did grow on me. But, and I find myself, you know, tapping my toes to it. <laughs> We'll have to get a visual of that a little later on the show. <laughs> well, I'm not dropping it like it's lukewarm, you know. But uh, so, you know, th- but so 
I think that I, I do respect Beyonce a lot, even though you know her her music as it has morphed and changed mm-hmm. really hasn't really been so much my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. I think she is a a genius when right. it comes to uh, being a businesswoman and, right. and really growing her brand. Nobody can take that away from right. her. Right, absolutely. But you um, you have young people that are being very influenced by seeing those kind of media um, images political or, images. Right. And then you have the politicians who feel the need to meet on that level to talk about it. And it, it, it just doesn't, doesn't work. I don't think it, yeah. It doesn't that, work. And I think the conversation- I'm fascinated to hear you say that though. Yeah, I think the conversation of what Beyonce does as an entertainer and what Donald Trump does as a politician are two different conversations mm-hmm. because we want certain things from our entertainers, right? We want to see, you know, I don't want to see Michelle Obama wear a bathing suit with heels uh-huh. like Michelle Obama. I don't want to see there, that. There are, I definitely don't want to see Hillary wearing that. Um, I th- <laughs> no one wants to see Hillary any sort of way that could remotely be used as the word titillating. Titilla- you know what? <laughs> I have something. I, I I have something I'm going to ask you guys later that I heard that I think is absolutely true. I was talking to a good friend of mine, and we talked about we know the way that Hillary Clinton could actually win this election. She could absolutely win this election, but we're going to wait. Take with Ray J. <laughs> Well, that would definitely do it. <laughs> but definitely. she has to swallow. Oh. Wow. Again, again, two points. No, I think that's that's what really made Kim K, oh, that's that's what put it over the top. It wasn't just a sex tape and it wasn't just, Monica know, should have. The up close. It was the, the oh fact that, it was the fact that she enjoyed it so much and like did the full service. That's what made it. it the full oh, service. She's down. Oh, you know, I've never actually watched the video. Well, we should do that. We should definitely do that. So <laughs> Going no. a field trip. <laughs> <laughs> we should do that. The fame addict suggests. And oh, I think for all these Kim K fans, because there are, there are legions of young women uh-huh. that their entire goal in life is to be like Kim K. I think that they should watch the tape and understand where it started from. Because a lot of them think, I have a good friend now. She's 26. She's absolutely beautiful. And she tells me, Crystal, I want to be like Kim Kardashian. Really? So Absolutely. Have you seen Instagram lately? I would want to be like Chris Jenner if I wanted to be like anyone. Well, that but, bitch is smart. Yeah, she is. She's. I think she may be the devil, though. Uh, hey, you know what? It's, she may be the devil. Well, it, here, you know, I and even with the Kardashians, I, you know, like I told, I've already admitted that I was a Trump fan. I purchased every single one of his books. I've read every single word of every book that he has written. A couple of them, multiple times. Okay. Um, think big and kick ass in business was. My go-to when I started my first company at 23 years old. Right. Uh, and I developed my brand, my brand strategy off of a lot of the things that he said. Now, flash forward to now, and I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I'm like, ugh. You know, I, it's kind of just an icky Well, it's not for that. Topic. If he had stayed in the marketing. I would have stayed. Right. That, oh, that's where you can, I mean, obviously he's successful as a business person. That is, that is, that's what I'm saying. We Everything has to stay separate. I don't even know if we should have re- housewives on reality TV. Like people, what happens in the home, that's why marriages break up. It's just certain things aren't good for everything. Politi- it, it, isn't this kind of the same thing they did with Ronald Reagan? Uh, well, he was an actor. Right, he was an actor, and that's what he—that's what he was known for. And that's then how he, started. He, he transitioned that to politics. I mean, in this kind of the same conversation that was happening then. Uh, but I mean, sign of the times. I yeah. So you make a good point with sign of the times, though. So you know, um, Nancy Reagan was recently blasted for what you know her basically turning her back on the gay community with the AIDS crisis and, and right. all that kind of stuff. Right. But 
again, and, and then you move forward a little bit and you have, you know, I just had somebody on Facebook. I love how straight people like to talk to me about gay marriage. Like they know more about it than I do. Um, try to, you know, kind of talk to me about when Hillary was back in 2000, she said she wasn't for gay marriage. Well, okay. But she also changed her mind and lobbied for it and helped that kind of be brought but into law. She realized law. that it was going to help her get right. in office. But so. changes, but, but you know, changing times does make a lot because let's remember remember when they repealed don't ask don't tell because everyone said that's just horrible right but that was actually enacted to protect, protect gay people, people at, right. at the time right time as time changes so do policies and people's opinions Obama changed his mind on on gay marriage as well agreed you know agreed. and I think everyone is kind of I changed my mind on it you know, you know, as a gay man, I did not want to subscribe to a straight, like tradition, tradition right? Like, and I, because I thought I was like, that's just, I don't think that that's me. I never wanted to get married. I was very happily single, you know, whatever. But I think that as as time progresses and all of our minds kind of open a lot because of pop culture. You have Will and Grace on television that helped move the needle and stuff like that. Ellen, Ellen did it. Ellen did a lot for Absolutely, that, right. right. What happened in California with the back and forth with the marriage thing over there? All our country has really gone through a lot, and then when you get to the politicians, you can't hold a politician accountable for for their opinion on policy right. ten years ago to today. I th- well, I think I don't think. in that if there is, I do think that we can hold them accountable because there's an explanation that needs to go with everything. Mm-hmm. I think that if you are pandering for votes and you're flip-flopping so well, that you Well, what if can, you say, I changed my mind? If you say you changed your mind and you explain where you came from, I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. Even with Ronald Reagan, Ronald Reagan always carried himself, regardless of what you think about his, his political um, views, he carried himself with respect in the office. Donald Trump has not done that since, not at all. since he announced his presidency. So now we're going to, we, we have a guest that's going to come on, Matt Stevens with Prune Juice Media, and they're a political blog and political podcast. And I would love to hear like a political pundit talk about this, this situation that we have right now, because I sure. really think it belongs more on TMZ than it does in a political blog, but we'll see what Matt has to say. Come on, let me make you. Okay, joining us now is uh, Matt Stevens. He is a political pundit. He is actually a, a, a former entertainment journalist. He now has a blog um, called Prune Juice Media and a pod- podcast called Prune Juice and Politics. Welcome, Matt. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. So you're going to jump. We're, Christopher and I have been sitting here discussing uh, the presidential race and the fact that this really feels a lot more like a TMZ feed than a political. <laughs> I do. I feel like every morning I wake up, I reach for my phone, and the first thing that I do is I go on Facebook to see what else has been said or done that is going to embarrass me to my international friends. <laughs> I, yeah. And, and Yeah, I definitely agree with that. <laughs> so the latest thing is uh, women, additional women have come out to say that, that Donald Trump um, has, broke, grabbed their, has grabbed their, <laughs> what did you call it? Kitty, kitty, meow? Early? Their meow, meow, kitty cat. Meow, meow, kitty cat. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think people are taking this seriously. Matt, do you, what, what, what do you think um, the response is? I mean, those are really serious allegations, but I don't, I feel with the memes and the jokes, I don't think that we're looking at this as a serious issue. I don't think we're looking at it as a serious issue. I think for several reasons. I mean, first of all, 
not to minimize their stories in any way, but I think all of us are, you know, of a certain level of intelligence to know why we're now just now, I should say, hearing these stories uh, from women. Um, it's obviously to me, uh, again, not minimizing anything that they have been through, but I think that we're seeing them now in October, a month ahead of an election because of an up- upcoming election. Um, I also think that uh, this is the case with Donald Trump is a little bit different than most people when you hear about allegations of sexual misconduct or groping or touching or anything like that. Donald Trump has for now, what, maybe 16, 15, 16 months now, given us pretty much almost once a week at least headlines that show that he is uh, very comfortable being inappropriate with different groups of people, whether that's in the things that he says, mocking different um, groups of disabilities, uh, marginalizing a community, touching women, making comments about women or comments resurfacing uh, from prior things that he said. So I think in some ways, and it's so sad to say this, but I know for me as a voter, not even me as like podcast or anything like that, but me as a voter, I'm so desensitized to how inappropriate Donald Trump can be these days that I'm, it's almost like we're used to it. And it's a very scary place to be in. So it's kind of my read on why we're, where we are with this. So uh, one of the things I saw today uh, was, uh, and I would like to get your take on it, was uh, I Mm -hmm. saw where the Trump campaign manager, which I find to be an airhead. um, Oh, Kellyanne Conway. Yeah, Yeah, I don't don't even care to know her (laughs) name, to be honest with you. uh, So, yeah, and she was doing an interview with, um, uh, uh, who's, (laughs) this is going to sound so awful, the gay one on CNN (laughs) with the white hair. Really? Really? Anderson Cooper. I'm so sorry. He's oh Anderson Cooper. Yeah, yeah. He's okay. one of my people, and I lost his name. So sorry. So uh, he was doing an interview with her, and um, and she was bringing up Paula Jones and all of the past indiscretions from Bill Clinton, which I yeah, you know, I I think that's number one so long ago. But she kept saying that he expressed guilt by settling um, the law, settling lawsuits mm-hmm. out of court, mm-hmm. and of course. Um, then Anderson's response was, "But your your um, candidate your candidate has yeah. settled many lawsuits out of court. Are you saying that that is an admission of guilt?" And she didn't really have a way to come back for it. So, do you think that the American people would be better served if sexual exploits were kept off the table when you come to vote? That's a good question. Um, I don't know about that because, um, I think that, you know, as much as we'd like to keep issues only on the table, how do you deal with foreign policy? How will you grow the economy? How will you address crime in our inner cities? The American people for several election cycles prior to this one, we look at our candidates as a whole person. And sometimes it's sad to say this, but it's very true is that what I've noticed with um, with certain voters and you see polls and things like that is that people are comfortable with voting. Some people, not all, some people are comfortable with voting for somebody. And this is just using a, a phrase, somebody they can have a beer with, mm-hmm. meaning that Impressible. somebody that they're comfortable with, somebody they could see sitting at their dinner table, someone who beer makes them feel. Beer is very high in carbohydrates, by a, the way, <laughs> just for the listeners, beer will make you fat. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> We see yes, proof of will. that every day. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, they're they're very comfortable with 
with having somebody as a president who they feel personally comfortable with, I think that that's a lot of the appeal behind George Bush for two terms. He, despite his many political shortcomings, he had a way and a personality of making a certain group of voters feel like he was their friend. That's, that's, and I didn't he may ex- not have been their friend, but it's, right. that's the way he made them feel. So I, did, I didn't expect to hear you say George Bush, but I did uh, my capstone in school on on a uh, on the fact that people vote for politicians based on charisma, and if they see them mm-hmm. as good looking, or if they you know if they're not good looking, they're seen as someone that they really would enjoy having a conversation with, and that's people they connect with. So if they have a, a, exactly. a good you know like we like going to doctors that have a good bedside manner more than we do with doctors that you know come from a prestigious school. So it's interesting with a lot of people they a poll that we did showed that people considered JFK one of the one of the um, most well-liked president, and it was because he was extremely good-looking. I think Bill Clinton even got away with that a lot. Yeah. Not saying that he wasn't a great president, but I think a lot of, if you talk to people about Bill Clinton, you hear less about his policy, you hear more about the fact that he was personable. He played the sex. Obviously, he was really well with women. He did really well with women. He did really well with women. He did. Women, I, oh, I'm yeah. not going to lie. I liked him. I think he he seemed really cool. So I think there's something to that. <laughs> but um, yeah. even- but, you know, and JFK was one of the biggest, uh, most fa- I would say the most famous, Famous philanderers mm-hmm. uh, in the Absolutely. White House. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't. I won't say the biggest because I don't really know the facts of the ins and outs of everyone's sexual exploits. But we're going to assume that he beat Lyndon Johnson out. Yeah, <laughs> you know. I mean, I, yeah. you know, he, he seemed like <laughs> yeah. he was doing. He seemed like he was doing pretty good. Considering Marilyn yeah. Monroe, yeah. I mean, Marilyn Monroe won the most. Yeah, there, there was a lot, a lot that went on behind that. That 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 there's uh, Hollywood gossip about, but. So now we're in a situation where, and I'm, I'm going to ask you guys a really uncomfortable question because even as a woman, it's really uncomfortable for me to think about. But I was, I was having a conversation with friends and they were saying that Hillary Clinton is, for women in politics, we don't, we're not used to seeing women that are like Michelle Obama, that, are st- that still embrace their femininity. And they were saying that right. they believe that Hillary Clinton has ostracized a large population because she is so anti-feminine and so she seems so cold She's an unattractive, these are not my words. <laughs> She's an unattractive <laughs> female that seems that it doesn't seem that she embraces any of her femininity. I don't find her to be unattractive. I mean, the bitch got a good head of hair. I mean, she, she does. has thick have, hair, but, but so, so he said, he said, yeah, Crystal, I think <laughs> if she, if she, if she had ever showed us her vulnerability, I think maybe that's it. Uh-huh. She didn't show us vulnerability when this, when everything happened with her husband in office, she took it mm-hmm. like a a pro. She never expressed her own hurt or disappointment. I don't disappointment. think she did it publicly. Right, you know, one right. thing that, uh, and, and I, I want your opinion on this too, because I think um, being that she was in the position that she was in, as, you know, Secretary of State, and, you know, I mean, like, one of the most powerful women of the free world, right? Right. Um, right. I, I don't know that I want to see a vulnerability in her, and if she was a man, would we be asking her for vulnerability? I think if she was a man, she would be able to show that. Really? I think, okay. I, I think that. I think that's the difference. I think that. I think that Obama. I think there's a humanity behind I, it. I think that we see Obama that, was really good at being at feeling real, mm-hmm. and I, and not and yeah. I, like I said, and and you weren't on here earlier, but I I said I did not vote for Obama twice. However, I will say he was very that I I made that decision on policy, uh, one particular policy that I just didn't really work for me. But he seemed very organic 
and it didn't seem rehearsed, you know, right down to the way yeah. he interacted with his wife mm-hmm. made him endearing to me. And that's what Hillary lacks, in my opinion. And, okay. and, and what, I've, what yeah. I'm hearing, we don't see that interaction between her and her husband. It seems very much like a business decision. Um, it, yeah. it seems very cold and very calculated. Well, because it be that she's just a cold white person. Because, you know, white people, we, you know, even at, look at our churches. Yeah. We are just not very, like, you know, we're just very quiet people. <laughs> There's no soul. Is well, no, there- I mean, it's there. It yeah. is there, but it's like it's just it's like a it's like a taupe. You know, it's not <laughs> it's not like a vibrant red. It's a taupe. So, yeah, I don't think that like with Hillary, the thing for me is I don't think we'd have, be having this conversation if she was a man. And I think, like you said, that that's been part of the 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 way people have kind of uh, come down on her is that she is she is so cold and so seemingly distant. Right. Um. But I think that she understands that and she knows she's learning at least that people really do think that about her. But I think on the other hand is that she knows that if she was that more vulnerable, friendly, kind of touchy-feely kind of person, we can imagine, only imagine what the headlines would be at that point. You can tell that her team has tried to coach her. That first debate, if that bitch didn't stop smiling, (laughs) I I just want to look at her and say, stop it. It was like the fake Miss America smile. You know, I want to ask everyone here. She's kind of like the, the, the top kid, the whiz kid in the class who just doesn't know how to have that kind of like lunchroom banter with everybody else. Although she's extremely smart and on paper, she is definitely somebody, um, you know, I mean, say for a few misgivings or things that I don't agree with her on. But I mean, as far as her resume, I fully am in support of that. But yeah, it's that it's that personality that people kind of factor. While everyone while everyone's here and since you're since you know, probably well, I'm comfortable saying you know way more about politics than I do. I'd be interested saying every I would like to see if everyone in the room can do a little second debate uh, um, thing where say something nice about Trump. Say something that you (laughs) like that you support or like about Donald Trump. Okay, Matt, we'll let you, as the guest, we'll let you go first. <laughs> oh, great. Thanks. <laughs> I hadn't prepared this. Um, one thing that I like about Donald Trump is that um, I think it's his business acumen, actually. Um, I am not exactly sure all of what he's done in business, but I don't think that I would mind just from a purely business kind of financial or, uh, you know, like if you, if you were an intern or some co-op or something like that to really kind of watch how he has grown business over the years. I think that that's always, that kind of backstory is always very interesting to me with several kinds of people. And Donald Trump would be one of those. So you're next. Cause yeah. I'm still thinking, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going to, echo that a bit but I mean definitely from a business sense I think that he has a great he's a he's a great motivator um, you can't deny that but I will also say that I appreciate the fact as someone that analyzes the the movements in pop culture the fact that he's been able to create something out of absolutely nothing like he has no mm. it's it's almost like a story for the little engine that could like he has no political background He's not qualified for this position at all, other than the fact that he's been successful in business, and he said he was, mm-hmm. and that's it. Right. And, he cre- and and he's and here we are, you know, nine months later or however many months later, and he is quite possibly 
going to be our next president. And there's absolutely nothing backing that up. There's no foundation for that. So I think if we can look at the fact that Hillary Clinton pretty much has been primed for this, and most presidential candidates have been primed to do this all their lives, or at least, you know, once they become aware of what they want to do career-wise. And this is someone Mm -hmm. that just from the seat of his pants decided, oh, I'm going to run for president. And this is a country that embraces that. I think that's something that we needed to see. And it's just, it's it's interesting. I I think that because that's one of the few um, pieces of our history that we kind of held in Mm -hmm. some type of, you know, a revere and respect. And now it's pretty much open season. So I think that we did need to see, to me, it's been interesting to see this entire race break down to something very, very simple and something that, you know, was just probably created off of a joke of someone who made a lot of money. Yeah, I'm going to, the thing that I like about Donald Trump is his private jet. So, um, (laughs) that's a, that's really, oh, you'll be like Hillary. You'll say, oh, the the thing I love about Donald Trump is, yeah, his his kids. kids. Yeah. uh, The thing that can be most disconnected from you. (laughs) Yeah. I like, I like his jet. I think it's amazing. Um, it's the best jet ever. In the history, of everyone jets. says it. Everyone says my my jet is the best jet. Well, <laughs> I I don't I've never been or seen the jet, but I have stayed in Trump Towers, and I I had en- I enjoyed my stay. You did enjoy that. So, I did enjoy. Um, it. you know, uh, can while while Matt while you're on the phone, um, when I first heard that Donald Trump was running for president, and I'll be the first to admit I don't have a big political background. Um, I didn't study mm-hmm. it in school or anything like that. But when I first heard it as someone who has studied the man and read every word of his books um, and, and starting my, in my young professional life, I literally predicted then, and anyone who's listening can go on my Facebook page and scroll on back if you want to. I, I wrote a very long rant about it and, um, and I made my predictions. I said that he was in Hillary's back pocket he had been Hillary's friend mm-hmm. uh, forever. He had financed the Clinton's campaign. He had been a Democrat, a very vocal Democrat for a very long time. Um, that uh, why would a man who all of us know he is first and foremost about money? Why would he take a pay cut to um, have more stress and less freedom? Why would he move out of the penthouse of Trump Tower to go into the upstairs of the White House? Nothing against the White House. It's a pretty place, but it is not exactly the penthouse of Trump Tower. Um, why would, why would he make, why would he do all of those things? I, and and I told him, I said, I'm even going to go ahead and make a prediction right now that shortly after this is over, this is all a publicity stunt. And shortly after this is all over, there will be an announcement of a TNN Trump news network that will take voters, take viewers away from Fox because he's very vocal about hating Fox news, but still be that (laughs) far right wing conservative. What do you think? That's, that's my prediction. That is your prediction. Um, I will, I don't know about the Trump News Network part, but I will say that it has strangely felt, and I've had this conversation with several people over the past couple of months, that it has felt as though Donald Trump has been set up as kind of like a a foil for Hillary Clinton. Like he's been set up to make her look even better Mm -hmm. and to be someone that she could interact with in the race that would make it seem like she had stiff competition, if you will. I have, I'm like you, I've never truly felt as though he was on the opposite side of the aisle from Hillary, especially with his past support of the Clintons and the campaign and all that kind of stuff. I I, I feel that a little bit. Yeah, it does feel like this is somewhat of a setup. And and, and isn't it true that um, by calculations already in the the polls that they've already taken, based on the Mm -hmm. electoral college being structured the way it is right now, Hillary has already won. 
based on electoral if, college alone. Yeah, if the if some of the toss-up states swing her way, then yes. Um, but she is she's pretty much in a position where some of those states are guaranteed. There are other states. Basically, the, the position that Donald Trump is in is that he would have to basically run the table on several states, meaning that he'd have to win uh, a, a succession of states, which is not going to happen. I mean, right. it's just it's just not going to happen. So, I, I, um, but yeah, a, Hillary is probably, I'd say, one or two guaranteed states away from pretty much locking it up. Because we do, this, this the show is about fame, away, yeah. And, yeah, and fame I, and entertainment. I, I, I agree with that. I've, I've felt that way, you know, from the beginning as well, especially when you see the interaction and some of the things that he does are so far off base that yeah. it just doesn't make any exactly. sense. But I it doesn't still, make any sense, yeah. I still <laughs> believe that if that was the case, and, and we live in a country that that absolutely could be, um, I don't think they intended for there to be such a strong support for Trump, even though she definitely, yeah. you know, is in the lead. I think the fact that there are there's such an outcry of support for him to me that says something strange about our 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 nation. Because I thought some of the things, some of the comments that he's made about you know racial groups, obviously mm-hmm. the comments about women, to see the fact that he still has people to come out and there's still a strong support system, to me, that's it's just scary. You know, and I don't I think they assume... You know, it is, it is very be. scary. The fact that... Um, yeah. Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I was saying, yeah, it is very scary and it's just one of those things I don't think that they ever kind of planned it. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't mm-hmm. plan for that level of support. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it was just kind of, well, let's see if we can push an envelope this far. And then you know, they pushed it and it didn't work and they kept going further and further. And then he beat out all the primary challengers. And then, you know, he's still been racking up points even, you know, ahead of this, these, this last scandal with the tape and all that. But so yeah, so, it's, it's been something I haven't predicted at all. So, Matt, another question is, what happens to the Republican Party after this? Because he's oh. pretty much decimated. <laughs> That's what entire- I was going to ask, too. Good question. I mean, he's... he's- I think they've definitely got to do some restructuring. Maybe they could. I mean, maybe they could do least. like a filing of bankruptcy, like Trump did a couple of times, and just yeah, restructure. Yeah, maybe that might work. They need to call Olivia Pope immediately. It needs to be an Olivia Pope moment immediately for the Republican I, Party because I love her. Yeah, who doesn't? Olivia I mean, Pope yeah. for president. I, I really don't know what happens to the Republican Party because here's the problem with the Republican Party is that um, voters have very short memories. Right. Um, and so the things, the transgressions, if you will, that they've uh, committed now, they probably will not be at the front of everyone's mind in two years. There's also the issue of uh, gerrymandering in um, in a lot of like the congressional districts that are Republican held. And so even if they get the say they get some of the current Republicans out that have really kind of thrown their support behind Donald Trump and make them pay for that in the next election, um, say in 2018, is a lot of those districts are still gerrymandered to the point where it's not like they're going to be beat by a Democrat. They may, another Republican may take over, but I don't know if, I don't quite see this whole Trump uh, fiasco reshaping the Republican Party in the ways that we think. Will there be small changes? Oh, definitely. Most definitely. Um, I think and specifically at the presidential level. But um, when it comes down to the people that we kind of elect locally and statewide, I don't know if I, I really see a lot of change. And that is a problem. Well, that, and, that, you know, I think that a yeah. lot of times those kind of changes 
And I think we may have already talked about this at one point, but you know, um, prior to the show. But I think that mm-hmm. t- changes take time, right? And um, yeah. and and we've always seen that change takes decades and time, and and that and that sort of thing mm-hmm. to really see a good foothold and a true change. However, what has happened over the past eight years has been an uh, a, a opening of doors and floodgates of social media where literally mm-hmm. all of us can broadcast our every moment, our every opinion, our every breath across the entire world for everyone to see. And I think that that has pulled back the curtain of a lot of inequalities that exist out there because I'll be the first to admit, as a white man in this country, mm-hmm. uh, had you asked me four years ago, how I felt about police brutality, it would not be what it is now. Right. Uh, I, 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 yeah. I, I thought that it was uh, something that was made up mm-hmm. for attention. I didn't wow. think that it was what it was. Uh, I'm, and I'll be the first to admit it. Now, I'm very big in support of Black Lives Matter as long as they follow it up with, you know, what are we going to do next? Right, like, right. It, there there's has a, to be there some needs direction to be next something. behind, right. But so yeah. I say all that to say that I think that what we're seeing is— um, People's minds are—we're learning quicker. We're—I'm—I'm I'm being exposed to things I wasn't exposed to before, and I'm eager to go. Let me hear the other side of that, which I never was—I never was okay with doing that before. Right. So right. I just—but I—but I guess one of my concerns is in that because you are taking that from your perspective, which I think your perspective may be different than others, and uh-huh. some people are looking at things that they hear. And I think that we're still able to stay in our own bubbles because when you see something that you don't agree with, there are probably other white people out there that see the different police tapes and they make up excuses or they see something else that comes out that's directly opposed to that. I and they choose. you can make excuses anymore. You can't, you don't. can't. But, but we, I mean, the fact that a woman actually had a shirt on that said, Trump can grab this pussy means that we, you know. Dude, that is so gross. Does it have handlebars? Like, how do you actually, I mean, is it more of like a grope? Is it a grab? How does that work? Well, he said grab, which is really odd because of the way it's, but anyway. Yeah, I think people can take that any way they want. And I think that um, it's great. The exposure on social media is great for people that want to educate themselves and become, Uh you know, truly informed. But I think there's almost a way of how do you really know if you are being informed? Because everything is so biased. I mean, you really don't know. And, and, you know, and I'm a firm believer that everyone should vote selfishly. Vote what, vote how, for what candidate benefits you. you. But, you know, if you... (laughs) Well, vote for the candidate that will not get us destroyed. In oh, gosh, I know. I mean, like, but you know, even Jerry, you know, he sat. Trump sat down with Jerry Falwell and said that he is against gay marriage. This is a man who's been married three times, cheated on a woman once, imported two wives. And I'm sitting here going, "Are you kidding me? Like, right. the, how are you of all people?" It's like Caitlyn Jenner saying she's against gay marriage. Like, that's, but that and so yeah. this is one person did ask me the other day, and Matt, I'm, I'd be interested to hear your take on this. So somebody asked me, and so why is it that you think that so many celebrities? are in favor of Hillary because it, and you see you know especially the ones that have the very big voices Chelsea Handler and you know Ellen DeGeneres and you know all these people so my theory is the same reason that I see way more I'm with her signs in the city than I do mm-hmm. when I go back to my small conservative hometown where right. everybody is for Trump right there um, and, and I think that's because celebrities are forced to be more worldly. They have to be. They're on the go. They're meeting other people. Yeah. Just as people who li- like, I live in the very center of Atlanta, one of the fastest growing cities in the country right now. And right. I can walk out of my house and within a block, I have a mosque. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I, exactly. I, you know, I am not, uh, when Trump talks about Muslim people, I have Muslim friends. Right. And I go, I'm not okay with you documenting my friends. Now, let me also, because, you know, I just told you I triangulate everything. So right. let me make another admission. About six months ago, I went for a jog. I left my condo. I'm about to jog down to Piedmont Park. And I went up to 14th Street and made a left near the mosque. There were Muslim people everywhere in traditional garb, all going to the mosque. And I stopped dead in my tracks in fear. Right. I was overtaken by fear. And I will admit that I was. But my better judgment allowed me to stop and go, calm down. Right. They're going to church. Right. Like it's not, but media and Trump has incited this fear in everyone that those people who were a part of my beautiful community that I love in Atlanta are going to do something to me. And that's just not the case. I, I don't know if it's even Trump that has, has incited. I think a lot of that, yeah. a lot of that is, is behavior and perspectives that's already been there. And I think the fact of Trump voicing that and people agreeing with him is allowing us to kind of see what's happening right. in our community. Well, you have a man who's got millions of followers on, like millions and millions and millions of followers on Twitter. He is a celebrity at this point. You know, he, he is. is a, well, he always he has been. He's, he's a been reality. A cel- he's a reality celebrity. Yes. And he is, he somehow has been able to confuse a problem with, and he, and he'll even say, why don't they say radical Islam? But right. yet you want to document the, you want to document everybody? We wouldn't have enough hours in the day to go into that. But Matt, before you get out of here, I, we want to thank you for, for coming on. Let everyone know how they can uh, find your blog and hear your podcast because we definitely want to hear your predictions um, as we move closer to the fateful date <laughs> that's coming up. <laughs> right, November 8th. November and 28th, then I know right? both of you live <laughs> yeah. in... Um, both you live in Georgia, so early voting actually starts tomorrow on the 17th of October. So, um, you know, everybody, I would encourage everybody to um, keep an eye out on when your early voting starts as well in your particular state. But for me, uh, prunejuicemedia.com is my website. That's where you can read the uh, former blog, Prune Juice Media, as well as listen to uh, more recent episodes of my podcast, which is called Politics and Prune Juice. Um, I have not updated my podcast. I'm so ashamed to say this. Well, not ashamed to say it, but I'll be at... um, uh, I'll admit it and say that I haven't updated in a few months. Uh, just taking some, I've been taking some personal time the past couple of months, but um, it's definitely coming back. Also, Twitter is a great way of keeping up with kind of what I think. And uh, I live tweet all the debates and election nights and all that kind of stuff. So that's at Prune Juice Media on Twitter. I have nowhere near the amount of followers as Donald Trump. So unfortunately. <laughs> we understand. Now, what, you've got to, before you leave, you, you have to explain to the viewers or to the listeners rather. I'm still stuck. I'm learning the podcast right. world. But please explain why you chose prune juice. Because when I read that, I was like, okay, Matt, I like it. Why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Prune juice is, is weird. I, I started prune juice media back at the beginning of 2010. So um, I was kind of just looking for something in the beginning that was different, kind of catchy, standout. And I like food. So food always works well when you need like a catchy name for something. But the prune juice came from if you think about what prune juice does for your body. And kind of flushes through the BS in your system. That it does. That's kind of what I do for <laughs> politics. And so God, I so. usually just kind of talk <laughs> about it. You know, if we were all sitting down having drinks, that's the way I kind of talk about politics. I'm not going to drink. Probably with juice. a little bit more tact, but 
it's kind of the same thing. Like I got I've, it. It's catchy. You know, it's it is worth, catchy. It is, I'm not yeah. going to forget it. It's Thank definitely you. something that needs an explanation because yeah. I, I needed Thank you. To, yeah. I needed I needed people to understand why uh, you chose prune juice. I, I think about a, a line that Ludacris has that says, uh, "Drink some prune juice and let that shit go." So, oh my, indeed. exactly. Indeed. That's that is that's that just is so eloquent. Example, I, absolutely. You, I've never heard that before, but I'm a, I'm gonna remember that. You because should you should coin that. Exactly you should put what, that on your blog. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Matt, we'll definitely be uh, looking Thanks, for your ma'am. live tweeting, especially the debates coming up, I believe, Wednesday, right? Is that yes, the next Wednesday debate? the 19th is the next debate, and then we are off to the races um, to November the 8th, which is actual election day, but like I said, early voting either has already or should be starting in most areas um, around the country um, here this probably this coming week, so this week or next week. So Okay, all right. Well, thanks so much, Matt. We'll, we'll be in touch. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate both of you guys. It's been fun. Okay, that was fun. That was fun. He was, he was good. <laughs> He's very good. He's very good. Um, I definitely will have to check out his live tweets because one of the things Does we prune mentioned... prune juice go with vodka? I, you know what? Prune juice was what your grandmother made you drink. It, it goes with diarrhea. It goes. It definitely <laughs> does. I don't ever want... In fact, when you say the word prune, your face kind of like... It does a little up. bit. I not like it. Yeah. But I think we mentioned something about the debate because, you know, inevitably, regardless of what we think, November 8th is coming. So people have to make a decision um, whether the race is is gone or not. Because I think sometimes people can assume their vote doesn't matter because of the way things are structured. But you just, we really don't know what is going to happen. We can predict, but we really don't know. I've heard predictions on both sides. I've heard that people say that, um, that, the people who were in favor of Trump, once they get in that booth and they close that curtain, they're not going to vote for him, even right. though they're going to tell everyone they voted for him. Right. That they're probably going to, I think it was Johnson, there was a bigger, uh, the, the presidential race with Johnson, there was a bigger divide than what w- people thought it was going to be. Right. I, I was just in New Orleans last weekend and they said and someone said that they thought it was going to be a landslide Hillary, which I was like, wow, that's interesting that you say that actually. But um yeah, I mean, people. People have to. People are going to have to make a decision. I, you know, I'm a little torn because I would say Gary Johnson. I like a lot of the things that Gary Johnson has to say, but I, I do part of. I do understand that a vote for Gary Johnson, you may is like voting for, you know, Shamu. I mean, Shamu is not going to be the president either. Right, right, right. I think that's a wasted vote. I, and I really, you know, I have issues with both. I really do. Obviously, I mean, Trump's Shamu? not an issue. I, well, no, oh. not Shamu, not. Sorry. Shamu. <laughs> but I have issues with both, but I do think that Hillary is, even if we look at it like from the perspective of what are our international, you know, friends or international um, people in other countries and other leadership going to think about our country? You know, how are they going to address us? How are they going to interact with us? To me, Hillary is the only choice when you think about it like that. If we're just keeping everything in house, who cares, right? But when you think about the fact that other countries, you know, we interact with other countries, there's things going on that can affect us, we could possibly be put in danger, then I think having Trump in that position is absolutely asinine. But see, that's where I think you guys are wrong. And, and during the time you were saying name some redeeming things about Trump, I had a couple of things. I think that that's actually... Which, I, before you say them, though, I think it's very important to let everyone know that you are a veteran. Right, uh, I'm a veteran. Um, I think that there's a, a lot of redeeming qualities in Trump that you don't see because you're so thrown off by the brash attitude and the the, the words he chooses. The, the the most simple and obvious one is that a lot of people in middle America don't give a shit about p- 
political correctness or I certainly don't sensitivity I get in police. For it. Right, They're, they just don't care about that. And what Trump is is the opposite of every politician who's ever come and lied to them and told them one thing and done another behind their back. And he's the opposite of you know he, he's prime time. It's like hey, it's it's like it's smack you right in your face is what it is, but it's not that candy ass politician idea that we have, right? And that's what a lot of middle America middle America relates to. Mm-hmm. But the the redeeming quality that's really really important that nobody's paying attention to is there's a there's a value to have to be in the room. Trump has been in the room in a lot of meetings, right. a lot of different things, and with world leaders as well as business owners, CEOs and COOs. He's been at the the table during all of these things. So not only does he know these people's vices, not only does he know how a meeting goes, he's a master negotiator. And everything he, about, uh, he is that. everything about government is sales. I don't care who it's to. If it's foreign relations, that's still sales. If it's to a constituency, that's sales. Everything about politics is sales, right. and we're not we're not paying attention to that because we're so caught up in the the to, the toupee and the the wild <laughs> attitude. But he's a master <laughs> negotiator, and he's been in the meetings. He's been in the room. You make a really good point. Yeah, I would never vote for him. Well, damn. But, oh, well, well, okay. Just, but, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay, but, so, but why not? Well, I would not vote for him because I'm not going to vote. Oh. Yeah, but... If you were going to vote... If I, if I were going to vote, I would vote for him before I'd vote for Hillary. Wow. Okay. I definitely really? So we're going to count that as a, well, because as a vote. Here, and here's another reason why, because... Everyone knows, you know, I think that, you know, the, 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 the statement comes up, well, people died and, you know, bled for you to be able to have the right to vote or whatever, you know. And I think that they didn't know what they were dying for at the time. And, you know, during that time, the civil rights era, they had no idea that this is what politics really was. There was are you speaking from, uh, are you speaking as a minority or as a veteran? As a minority. Okay. Half of a minority. Half a minority. <laughs> so, but the, the idea is, though, the people that died and when they died, they didn't really have a, a grasp of right. what politics was. They didn't know anything about the Electoral College. They didn't know how little their vote really meant when they were doing all that dying. Right. So, <laughs> so, I mean, you know, hey, I mean, that's just my opinion. It's a okay. humble one. But how do you, no, think, it's, how it's, do you think that pop culture has changed the way the minority community views their voting power? I'm interested to hear this as a white man. I think that um, it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't recent. Most, most people who intellectual black people have known for a while Right. That their vote meant a little, only a little. It, right. it didn't have very much, you know, power. Right. And I think that now with the, you know, social media being so big, it's just the the, the news is spreading faster. That's all it is. I don't I think know. people, I don't think a lot of people really truly understand that though. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I want to say this because people have me on record saying I would vote for for um, Trump. Let me finish. Let me finish that point first. <laughs> so he's not going down like that. He doesn't he want to, He does not want. He anyone. wants us to stop everything and allow him to. We all know that. The president does not actually run the country alone. Right. They're advisors, yeah, and so Trump may just be the talking head. He may be the face you see, but there are advisors everywhere that are making sure he stays correct in some ways. And of course, there's also checks and balances. So that's why, if I had to vote between one or the other, I don't know if Trump is outwardly evil as I see Hillary. And that's why. Wow. That's why. If I were going to vote, I use the word evil. Okay. And see, I really believe. I love, I love at least that you have you have opinion. an educated opinion. I um, really believe that you feel like she's evil because she's a woman. I think that. I think it's because it's a woman that we see as a as a cold. Whoa, I didn't hear that at all stop come it, out of that. Did I'm, you hear I'm, that? I'm saying that as a woman, I believe that that she's held to a different standard. That I'm is not true. saying that she's not because I don't. I wouldn't call her evil. I think she's calculated. 
And I think she comes off as cold. And I think that's unacceptable in our culture for a woman to come off that way. So we know he's not he's not voting, but if he did, he would vote for Trump over Hillary, but he's not he's not voting for Trump, just and to make sure. Right. And I would definitely I definitely am going to I'm not going to say I'm with her, but I definitely have to support Hillary over Donald Trump. But you're with her. I, I, well, I didn't, I'm not going to say that, Christopher. I'm not <laughs> okay. going to say I'm that. I'm not putting words in your mouth. I'm not going to say those words. But I do, the problem with what you just said, in my opinion, is the fact that, yes, said. what you said about, you know, the president is not the actual leader alone and that there would be people uh, to do checks and balances so that there's not like, I think PR runs everything. And I would assume that as he has gotten closer to the end of this race, Donald Trump would have his, politi- his political uh, media consultants would have curbed his, you know, his his conversation, but that hasn't happened. And to me, that's scary because I think that he can insult people, which he has. He's insulted pretty much Almost every group everyone. in our culture, in our country. So I don't think that would be um, limited to our country only. I think that this would continue on a bigger platform, and I think that could be dangerous. I think for some reason you would assume. I agree that he's a master negotiator. He's been a, he's been a great businessman. However, we know that in business, there are, you know, checks and balances, successes and fails. And I think that we don't, we don't focus on his failures because, you know, that's not what we see is we're, we're caught up in the romanticism of this, the richest man in the world, which he's not, but that's what America sees him as. So I think that the fact that he's, it's he's not ironic cracker. that the richest man in the world is Mexican. I actually <laughs> do awesome. think that's very ironic. Isn't that awesome? And he's not going to pay for that wall either. <laughs> So I hear I hear everything that you're, you're that you are saying. So on record, on record, I'm I'm I would vote. I'm not I am not saying I'm with her. However, I support Hillary Clinton over Donald Trump. So you are voting for Hillary Clinton. I am. Can I hold your feet to the, to I ask am, you who you're voting for? I am definitely supporting Hillary Clinton and voting for Hillary Clinton over Donald Trump. Okay. All right. So. So now that I've kind of gone around the table, I feel like I need to kind of pony up and explain and explain my, my situation. So uh, for those of you who are not aware, uh, I am an openly gay man and I am married uh, happily. And so the Mike Pence has really waged war, waged war on the gay community his entire career, political career. Mm-hmm. So um, that's that is a very difficult pill for me to swallow. And as someone who has just now been able to understand what it is to enjoy uh, marriage equality and equal rights, which keep in mind, in the state of Georgia, I can, if I can have someone walk up to me at work, well, if I worked for someone, and they could walk up to me and say, I'm firing you today because you're gay, right. and there's nothing I can do about it. That right. is not discrimination. So there's, we still have a, lot, a long way to go, and to think that we're gonna, I, we could possibly have a president who is that backwards, that bothers me a little bit, and I just physically can't vote for him, even though I have been a fan of him as a businessman for my uh, entire adult life. So then, you know, I look at Hillary and I go, okay, well, what about foreign policy? Well, she, you know, I, I, I like her foreign policy better than I like Trump's only because some other major allies and world leaders actually held votes to see if they were going to ban the man from entering their country. World powers. And you think, oh, great. So, you know, he uh, may be a president that can't travel, um, even <laughs> on that nice private jet. So uh, that, that bothers me a great deal. And again, um, I feel like I have... Uh, I, a little bit of a need. You're a publicist. Mm-hmm. 
I've had I've had publicists that have looked at me and said, "Stay away from politics. People only want you to talk about you know glitter and mascara. That's what you know. You're a beauty expert. Stay beauty and fashion. Don't talk about politics." But I feel like I owe it to the fan, the small fan base that I have. I, I love them very much, and I'm very grateful for them. But I feel like I owe it to at least show another side as to why people would possibly vote for Hillary. And a lot of my fan base, actually, especially in rural towns, because um, I am a small town boy, they are not for her. Mm -hmm. But um, I will say, I, you know, she's, she's definitely got my vote. Well, I would say, just taking this back to what you just mentioned about um, publicists advising you against um, politics and just, you know, with this being the fame addict and... I really have a, an opinion. Um, my professional opinion is that you don't talk about something until you're big enough to do it. So if it can if it can hurt you or if it can polarize um, or ostracize you from a potential target market or consumer that you need to reach, then it's best to keep quiet until you're big enough to say whatever you want. So what, what you're saying is keep my mouth shut. <laughs> I mean, Beyonce may, we, we mentioned formation, but Beyonce never made statements like that and would not have made statements like that she never actually made a statement, but she wouldn't even have made a song like that and a statement in her video and in her in her artistry if she wasn't at that level. She talked about shaking jelly. She did. She did. I like you're that. Right. It's one of my favorite songs. But but yeah, and I think even Ellen, I think once you get the platform and you're in a position of kind of where you're untouchable, your brand is at the at the at the the peak of its uh, you know, of, of where your where your goal is to get to. Then I think you have the the ability to say and be free, but I think until you get to that point, it's probably best to stay neutral because you don't want to ostracize anyone from. from and you. and that's a really good point. I think that for for anyone who is in any point in the public eye, sometimes you forget that mm -hmm. um, you know your your opinion. It could color someone not to not to order yeah. some of that that wonderful eye makeup that I'm going to have to get for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, if you happen to be out there, guys, you can always look me up on ChristopherMacken.com. That's M-A-C-K-E-N.com, ChristopherMacken.com. And you can find me on just about every social media platform at Macken Says, M-A-C-K-E-N-S-A-Y-S. Reach out to me and um, and let me know your opinions. I like to hear other people's uh other people's viewpoints. So I, I just want to thank you so much for joining me. This thank meant you for so having much. me. I really I have, appreciate it. It was awesome having you here. I had a really hard weekend with my grandmother passing away. My and so having a great um, personality and, and friend in studio was awesome. BJ, thank you for your colorful um, additions this show. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate it. We appreciate you all tuning in. We hope you enjoyed. We hope that you will uh, tweet IG us at the Fame Addict IG. Again, that is at the Fame Addict IG all together. We also have a Facebook page and a Twitter. We'd love to hear your comments on the show and tell us who you're going to vote for. And we want to thank again Matt Stevens with Prune Juice Media for joining us. And again, thank you all for tuning in and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Come on, let me make you famous, famous, famous.